Yeah, I mean, I haven't quite figured out how to start this show yet, so I guess just hello, welcome, to, uh, welcome back to Deep Dive. Last week we did Blur, so we're continuing in the Brit Pop Brit Pop direction. <laughs> <laughs> Brit uh, Pop Oasis. Yeah, we're listening to Oasis. Um, and I don't want to don't say anything yet, Adam. But by the end of this episode, I'd like us to both definitively pick uh, which of the two big Britpop bands we think is better. That being Blur or off. Oasis. We're just writing off the other option. Yeah, I mean, Pulp is good. I like them, but they're they're definitely the lesser of these three. Which yeah, yeah I don't no, know. That- Maybe that means we should pick them in the future, but yeah, I mean, I'd be down to listen to them, but when it comes down to this, I know that they're out of the running for best bit Brit pop. Um, so Oasis, if you don't know, they're from Manchester, England. Um, the they were formed with the the Gallagher brothers, uh, Liam and Noel Gallagher, and then they also had um, guitarist Paul Bonehead Arthur. And then Paul Gigsby, McGuin, McGugan, yeah, sure, <laughs> on bass, and then also uh, Tony Carroll on drums. But most notably, and the consistent members throughout the whole career were uh, the Gallagher brothers, which who hate each other. I can't wait to talk about what I know about them. It's very fun. But uh, they were a band from '91 to 2009. They put out seven albums. Yeah, seven albums, and we're gonna get. We, we listen, listen to all of them. Listen to all of them. So we'll start with the first album, uh, definitely, maybe in '94. I think the best way of doing this episode is letting you talk first, and then I'll chime in. Okay. Because from your attitude before the show, and just all of us talking, I think you'll have more interesting things to say than me. Uh, maybe. Uh, so I think this is a, a really good debut album. Um, I'd never listened to it before, even though I've listened to Oasis before. Um, but it's definitely very like obvious where the Britpop um, like scene kind of came from, from them, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good way to put that. And then uh, there were some songs that felt kind of like glam rocky too, which is kind of cool. And I didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, given what I have heard of Oasis before, so. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. Pretty solid. This album. Uh, I'm just. I mean, I'm fine with saying this. This is my favorite album by them. I think this is close to a perfect album. Um, I. This is a really good album. I love this album. Uh, it has my favorite song by them, "Slide Away," on it. Uh, just overall, it's. I mean. Not much bad I can say about this album. If I were to give it a rating out of 10, I would say probably a strong 8. Maybe a, maybe a 9. But there are par- parts uh, that kind of... And not even like full songs that lull. There, it, it may be like a couple like halves of songs, but only like two. So like it, it definitely doesn't lose my attention at any point. And it's a... Um, yeah, I mean, 50 I think minutes. I was gonna say losing the tension was like a recurring thing I had with some of these albums, uh, but this album definitely didn't didn't have that. So yeah, I um, <laughs> well that tells a lot. What's gonna happen? Does, but... I was watching an interview with uh, 
Liam Gallagher. I watched a lot of interviews to prepare for this uh, with the Gallagher brothers. Uh, separate, of course, because they can't be together at all. Um, but it was with Liam. And apparently this album, you know, they released it on CD because it was released in 94. And CD was the way that they were distributing. Dis- yeah, that, that said that well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was right. Uh, and um, it... They released it with uh, just in that jewel case with uh, a black plastic spine. You know what I'm talking about? Those mm-hmm. spines that were kind of black or that it was a black plastic. And that was the original press of it. And they didn't release a lot of them. And then once they got huge, because they got huge on this album, it, uh, they uh, really re-released it and it was all a jewel case. Everything was that clear plastic. So apparently if you have those black plastics ones, that's worth a lot of money. Hmm. Yeah, I found that out because in the interview, that's that seems weird though for CDs. It is strange, but it is. It, I think it's just one of those things. I get, you know, the uh, coveting of vinyl and certain things, but sometimes, uh, I mean, because it's a they version could be a of a CD. Pre- it could be like a different pressing, but the CDs are all the same. Yeah, files the unless they like the remastered same, yeah. it. No, nope. so. no. I mean, they have remastered this album, but not right. Uh, not for that it's just yeah Hmm. so uh yeah i guess we can just move on from that album because i have nothing bad to say about it and it's yeah i don't have anything bad about that one i don't have any songs that stuck out especially on that one but that's again just kind of how i listen to music so and uh so and this this is kind of impressive uh based off of what this album became uh this next record uh in 1995, so a year later, they released "What's the Story, Morning Glory." That's the album everyone knows. Yeah, that's if you've the listened, one that I had in my library already. Yeah, so. if you've listened to them, that's the one you know. So this is the one that really shot them into stardom. Um, yeah, it has all the songs that you yeah. would recognize. Go ahead, Adam. What do you? What, what are your um, thoughts on this album? I enjoyed it fine. It's what I think of when I think of Oasis because that's all I had for a while. And uh, I do think I like the first album more uh, than this album. Yeah, 100%. Uh, there are two songs that stood out to me, Don't Look Back in Anger and She's Electric. Yeah, Don't Look Back in Anger, that that song. And that I think that might be the first song that uh, Noel Gallagher sang. Oh, that, that might be why I liked it then. I don't know. Yeah, so, oh, and here's an interesting thing that people may not know. Liam Gallagher doesn't write music. Even, I think that's pretty obvious. Even now, when he's uh, a solo musician, he doesn't write. Yeah. Like, he just goes if in. If you've seen him perform, it's... And he's unashamed of it, which, yeah. you know, is impressive. He's like, I'm not a writer. I'm a performer. You know, I'm a singer, which, you know. And he, he still, even though he hates his brother, says, you know, like, oh, Noel Gallagher is a Yeah, he a calls him a good, at, uh, good songwriter. Yeah. And, yeah. But, yeah, so... um yeah, this is this is the one that has Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova. Yep. I would think I think my favorite song on this is Morning Glory. I think the title track, it's just I don't know, it just feels like more raw than a lot of the things on this album. It's catchy. I don't know. I just really like it. So here's my question on this album. I was going to say I have a question on this as well. So. Well, I'll go first and then you. Um what do you think about Wonderwall? Do you like it? I don't. If you took away the meme culture of it, would you like it? Maybe. 
I like it. I think it's overplayed, so that's why I don't like it. That's the only problem with me is that it's been overplayed, so I've lost, you know, a lot of my. I mean, I I listened to it a lot in like in middle school. So yeah. That being said, I do still like it, and I do think it's a catchy song and it's a great song. But I have to be in the mood to play it. I will skip that song. Uh, Champagne Supernova. What do you think about that? Don't like that. I think that song's amazing. I used to like it a lot, but I think it's the same kind of thing of I played it too much that now I don't like it. They did it in one take. That's impressive, though. I didn't know that. Yep. I think that song is the first of, and we'll talk about it more later, but the first of their, uh, that's their first attempt of a long song because it's seven and a half minutes and that's long for them. Yeah. And I think they nailed it. I mean, it is in that term, like in terms of being a long song, it is a good song for how long it is especially like yeah. it doesn't get repetitive like some of their other songs get repetitive and it was a hit so yeah yeah um especially for it being their like one of their longer songs it uh is one of their most well-known songs so what what was your question my question is why are there two untitled tracks on the album god i so the that's i get having one untitled track that that's a thing that people yeah, do i don't know uh so two those, of both is... of those untitled are instrumentals um that i wrote a couple notes down um but and one of them was i'm not a fan of their instrumentals every instrumental i've ever heard of theirs i'm just not a fan of it just it's pointless uh, it's not cool yeah. it's not good it's just it's just I didn't, there i didn't hate it like in the moment or anything but i i can see that it's not like it's kind of forgettable i can't think of a good band that has good like instrumental transitions that you know off the top of my head but there are bands that have transition songs that like are like 30 or 40 seconds and they work out well yeah the oasis does not they are very much a song then song then songs songs don't need to blend together for them so um yeah i think overall this is the album that everyone says like oh this is their best album i guess probably the most oasis C album it that is they have. their most well-known album i i think it's a good representation of them yeah I, I like their first album way more than this and i think most people who have heard the first album tend to agree yeah but i don't think that's the uh especially here in america that's the general public knows wonderwall so yeah. i think everybody listening to this probably knows that song yeah um I don't even know if I'm going to put that in as one of the songs we play. <laughs> um, no, there's better songs we could put on there. So. I agree. Uh, so the next album came out two years later called Be Here Now. What are your thoughts on this one? So I think the backstory on this album, uh, you, on the release of it, is more interesting than the album. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I agree. Because <laughs> so th- this whole thing, that, at least that I wrote down, that I thought was interesting was they were worried about overexposure with uh, the band's like popularity and stuff. And so they wanted to control access by limiting radio airplay beforehand and gave like gag orders to journalists to not write about it, which is stupid. Yep. And on top of that, the albums to me felt very like overproduced and over the top. Yeah. It felt like like, nothing. I don't know. None of it worked. I don't, I don't know if you, uh, read the, um, same thing I did, but there was a um, uh, an interview with the producer of the album 
who said that this album was strictly done for the money. Like the no, it's, the it band, shows. Yeah. like it was marred with like drug, uh, you know, just you know, failures due to drugs and stuff like that, uh, and that it was just marred because of that. That being said, it got good critical reception, and this is one of those times that I'm just like, the critics I just think are wrong, and it's frustrating. Well, yeah, and then also there was one of their albums, I think it's probably the first one, that got like bad critical reviews initially, and then going back to it, everybody's like, yeah, we were, we were really wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, that has happened. Um, I think the only song on here that I really like... Uh, and I don't even really like it. It's just it's catchy, so I remember it. Is "Stand by Me." See, I put I put down that that's an obnoxiously repetitive, awful song. So. It is. It is very repetitive. <laughs> I didn't didn't like that one. I, it was catchy and not in a good way. Yeah, I don't like any of these songs, but it's very funny right here. Looking at the track list, and it says all tracks written by Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this and is this where is where we're going now. This is uh, I wrote down on this uh, their idea of it. They experimented quote-unquote experimented for this album yeah this was supposed to be like a psychedelic sounding album at some point right their idea of experimenting is such a blender like it just it doesn't land ever it just i don't know yeah yeah that's all i had written about that but uh yeah um yeah fuck that album we can just go to the next one so next album three years later Standing on the shoulders of giant, or standing on the shoulder of giants, which yeah. is a misquote of Sir Isaac Newton because which he was is drunk. Shoulders, yeah, yep. he was. Uh, I too read Wikipedia before <laughs> we got here. Yeah. Noel Gallagher uh, was drunk and wrote "Standing on the Shoulders of Giant" on a cigarette packet because he was like, "I want that to be uh, the." It was title an inspiring the, quote to him. Yeah, that, when he, was he drunk. wants that to be the title of the next oasis album but he woke up the next morning and realized he fucked up the quote and wrote shoulder of giants and i don't get why he put that as the album still i yeah i think it's okay because this album wasn't any good either i disagree to Um, me at least i i think it's very much like just country music for british people with like some rock man i'm gonna have to go and listen to this because i don't get that at all um i don't know just something about the way the songs are written, like instrumental, like why is not not lyrics. So or there anything, aren't but... any, um, uh, you know, long experimenting songs. It opens up with a uh, instrumental, "Fucking in the Bushes." Horrible name. Also, not good song. Very much an Oasis name, though. Yeah, yeah, they are like just lewd and crude. That's what they're known for. Um, but. I did like this song, and I think this is in like kind of the same fashion of Blur. Uh, two of their original members left when um, during the recording of this uh, album, um, and because of that, they had to re-record a lot of things um, due to contractual things. Like right. they couldn't have the people on there, and uh, so they had a lot of like ex- um, like drum machines. You know, tip. You know, they they quote-unquote had a more like when blur on that album uh think tank it you know they lost their guitarist and it was different graham coxon was gone so that that's the vibe i got from this so that's why i liked it that being said i only listened to it once so i want to go back and re-listen to it with your goggles on i only listened to it once but i think from the first couple songs i just didn't didn't like it that 
kind of, I mean, that informed the rest of the songs. But. I think most people who on the previous album, Be Here Now, who gave it a claim and then walked back and said, oh, wait, that album is not that great. We were just on a hype train. Agree that this album, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, is kind of a return to form and better than the previous album. Can you at least... I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two years later, they released Heathen Chemistry. This album sucks. I think it's more like their earlier stuff, but is also just bad. Uh, I like Stop like, Crying It seems like they were album. trying to go for... Stop Crying Your Heart Out is a good yeah. song. Yeah. I like that song a lot. Yeah, I wrote down that, and little by little, I just have a note of fucking awful, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, um... I think that was also repetitive, if I remember. Yeah. Man, it's funny because I listen to all these and I remember just putting down mental thoughts, but they're so forgettable. But yeah, no, this this album sucks. Except for, I, I do really like Stop Crying Your Heart Out. That is a good song. I do really like that. Uh, so. It's funny because the critic reactions on this are pretty varied. Yeah. Um. I think NME NME gave it an eight out of ten, and Pitchfork gave it a one point two out of ten. I think so. uh, <laughs> I think Pitchfork fucking hates them. If you look well, at all, that, of, yeah, I was gonna say that makes sense if you go look at all of them. All of Pitchfork's ratings of Oasis are pretty bad. Yeah, and man, I love it. It's so funny because you know I like Oasis. They are I do like their music. Um, I like it for it. what it is. Yeah, yeah, not all of it I like though. Um, I like the first two albums, like for yep. what they are and the impact they had on music. So, so uh, three years later, um, Don't Believe the Truth came out. Uh, let's see what songs were on here. Uh, the Importance of Being Idle is one that I wrote down I thought was great. Yeah, that was a good song. Uh, Part of the Cue, also great. And the ending track I really enjoyed. I think what happens, I've, I noticed kind of here, yeah, Pitchfork gave it a 4.7. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everyone else gave it kind of like a B, some A's, you know, gave it a decent rating, and Pitchfork just hates them. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of noticed this uh, vibe once I stopped liking the albums. Uh, it was kind of every other album had redeeming qualities, and this one had, that's, you know, yeah, a couple true. songs. Um, well, yeah. On this album, I think it's important to mention that this was more of a collaborative album Yeah. Uh, in terms of songwriting. And I think that really shows because those first couple songs that are not just, uh, was it, I'm blanking on his name, Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, that's not just him writing stuff. Those are better songs because it's not just him. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, don't know if you read this, but uh, this is the first album with uh, Zach Starkey on drums. And if you don't know who Zach Starkey is, he's uh, Richard Starkey's son. If you don't know who Richard Starkey is, it's Ringo Starr. Oh. He was a member of Oasis. That's not what I would have expected. Yep. He uh, joined Oasis after their hmm. original drummer left. I think their original drummer. But, uh, yeah. He was, I think, their drummer through, like, 2008. But I guess I could look it up. I have it pulled up right here. Yeah, it's right in front of you. So Yeah, but I'm not going to look it up. They did get Andy Bell, uh, who is from a really good shoegaze band, one of the pioneering shoegaze band, called uh, Ride. Uh, which is interesting. Hmm. I did not know. Oh, he was, he, yeah, he looks like he wrote two of the songs on here. So. I didn't know he was part of the oh, 
Oasis. I really like Ride, so that was an interesting thing I learned. So three years later, uh, they released their final record. What ended up being their final record, yeah. Yeah, Dig Out Your Soul. Um, Here's something that I um, wrote down, and I think it comes across more on this album, but it is in every single album of theirs. They are almost annoyingly into the Beatles. Oh, it it shows on this album a lot more, I think, too. Yeah, I, there's a part where I think they even play uh, Dear Prudence. I think there's a oh, song. okay, yeah. I forgot what song it was, but... Well, uh, at least two of the two of the other albums that we talked about already, uh, the album covers are, like, inspired by... Yeah. An album cover from the Beatles or, like, a, a photo shoot they did or something like that. Despite my feelings for the Beatles... Uh, I am totally fine with people being influenced by them. I get that, but man, they are annoyingly into the Beatles. So yeah, it comes across on this one, but that being said, I think this was a good last album. Yeah. I, I, I think this is a good final album to kind of go out on. I, I saw the album cover and I saw the name dig out your soul. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to like this name. Or I'm not gonna like this album, and then I listened to it. I, I actually really liked it. Um, so shockingly, yeah, yeah. Um, I only have one song I wrote down that was the Shock of Lightning. Yeah, sounds very Foo Fighters esque. Yeah, it does. I understand why Dave Grohl likes uh, Oasis so much now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was their last album. Um, if I were personally to say. And this is something I want to do and get in the habit of doing. Uh, what album would you recommend somebody listening to if they wanted to get into Oasis? I would say probably the probably Morning Glory, just because that's got the songs people know, and it's yeah. not a bad album. But so, I, I mean, I think the first album is a better album, though. Yeah, I would recommend the first album. Yeah, uh, just because I think it's a better album and. I don't really agree with the argument that it's like, oh, uh, that people know the songs, so that's the one you should listen to. Yeah. I'm operating under the assumption, oh, if no one knows the song, or if nobody knows the uh, song. Yeah, if you don't know who Oasis is at all, then listen to the first album. But here's definitely. the thing. even the So I ended up liking four of their albums out of seven. Uh, I like definitely maybe their first album. Second album, What's Story, More and Glory. Fourth album, uh, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. And their seventh album, Dig Out Your Soul. I liked all those albums, but I wouldn't recommend... Uh, I w- wouldn't start on like the last album, for example. Yeah, and here's my reason for that. They largely write the same music over and over again, except for a few outliers. They're kind of like ACDC, but not as good. That's that's a good comparison. And... Because, I mean, I could, you can name ACDC tracks, but they're not all from the same album. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I do... Yeah, they just write kind of similar songs. Yeah. And there are outliers. I, You know, I agree there are songs that are different, but for the most part, they all sound pretty similar. So, do you like Oasis or Blur more? <laughs> I like Blur more same. than Oasis. Same. I'm sure that's a shock. <laughs> If you listen to both these episodes, yeah, that should um, be pretty obvious. Yeah, I just like Damon Albarn is just a more likable person. I think that's a big part of it because reading about like their feud, also, you're oh. like, wow, I really don't want to like Oasis. 
Oh, I fucking love the Gallagher brothers. That's no, no, I just mean like their feud with. Uh, oh, the feud. With oh, yeah. So that's something to point out. Uh, not only were these people, or uh, these two bands, you know, like huge Britpop bands, they didn't coexist. They there was they refused a, to. Yeah, they were having a feud of which one was better. They were having record or like album sales wars, that kind of things. Yeah, it was just stupid stuff. Um, but yeah, um, and it's funny because o- o- Oasis was winning for a long time. Oasis is bigger yeah. than Blur. Yeah, that, that there is no arguing that because everyone in America knows. Well, especially, Oasis. I was going to say, especially in America, they're definitely bigger. And especially in Britain, uh, I had a, a English teacher, like eighth grade English teacher, and he lived in uh, the UK for years. And he was talking about, it. he's like, yeah, you know. Over here in the states, like everybody loves the Beatles, and they're like everyone's obsessed with the Beatles. And he was like, "It's not that way in the UK. It's like because they're all like, obsessed with Oasis. Yeah, people like the Beatles, but they're obsessed with Oasis. The o- Oasis is their Beatles, so it's interesting. So Oasis was is definitely the bigger band, but I would say Blur is the better band. Yeah, I would agree with that. Unfortunately, that you know they fell. A little under in America. No one over here really knows them. But, um, Blur, that is. So, um, I guess, uh, just, uh, in this episode a little bit, we can talk about the Gallagher brothers. They fucking hate each other. Um, like, actually, really hate each other. Yeah. Noel Gallagher is older, the older brother. Liam Gallagher yep. is, uh, I think he's five years younger. Um, man. Uh, they just fucking hate each other. So they uh ended up the band broke up because one night at a gig, um, Noel Gallagher was talking uh and got frustrated because Liam Gallagher had a a jacket line like a clothing line with and the some of the members were arguing over leather jackets and he got pissed off hearing that and then all that kind of stuff and basically. Liam got all pissed off because Liam's real moody. He's a real bitchy dude. Um, and he came back or he took a plum and threw it at um, uh, uh, Noel. And it missed him, just went over his shoulder and splatted on the wall. And then he left and they were like, okay, I guess that's it. You know, we're going to go up and, you know, play soon. And then Liam comes back in the room wielding uh Noel's guitar like an axe uh like waving it around I did not know all of this yeah so um Noel the way he says it and of course Liam is just saying like yeah fuck Noel and all that stuff now and but um the way Noel says it is that you know him and Liam had always had their differences and argued a lot but it had never been like a violent thing and as soon as he was in their dressing room just uh, throwing around a guitar, you know, being violent. He's like, yeah, no, that's it. If I don't like a person in the band, I don't need to be here. So he left and he apparently right as he's walking out of the room, their uh, tour manager knocks on the door and goes 15 minutes because <laughs> <laughs> they were at a show and Noel uh, walked out and they canceled the show and they had two more shows left on the tour and they canceled them. And oh, wow. Noel did say that he did regret not playing those two shows because he thinks that they 
could have finished those two shows and, and then uh, been adults about it. Either broken up or taken a hiatus and then maybe come back or you know just figure it out, just take a break and all that kind of stuff. But he said he does regret not finishing the tour because it was only two dates. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that being said, if you go on Twitter or just even look up the Gallagher yeah, you Brothers, can, feud, you can find stuff on Twitter now. It's incredible. Um, Liam Gallagher, his he calls. Just look up Liam Gallagher calling Noel a uh, a potato. <laughs> that is my favorite thing that's ever happened on Twitter. It came out of nowhere, and he has never explained it. So here's what he does. One day, he just did this. He posted a picture of his brother, Noel, on Twitter, and then just wrote, potato. And he still does it to this day. He will mm. start posting pictures of his brother and just write, potato. And it's this big dig at him, apparently. It's fucking That's hilarious. It's an inside joke that nobody else gets. I don't even think it's an inside joke. I think he thinks he's being smart because yeah. that's another thing about Oasis. They're really pompous. They're egomaniacs. I think that and also I don't think Liam Gallagher is very smart. No. He doesn't seem like it. At that's least. the thing. Um, they were known as like the working class uh, yeah. band, uh, which is funny that because like definitely maybe their first album you get that feeling and even in what's the story morning glory you do get that feeling of like you know this is a band that is from the working class they're from you know a poor background uh and we're not you know well off country music for british people yeah and then um you know it's funny how you know they retain that through their career even though well they obviously like, like they're worth made like tons 100 of million dollars yeah. that kind of shit like each of them so it's just like you're not working class anymore yet you have the working class spending their whole paycheck to go see you it's yeah. weird but, well luckily they're not going to see them anymore as oasis because they're not a band so. yeah well they're going to see them independently right. as solo ar- artists Which, i don't know how good that is but it's all right not the best yeah. not the worst it's what you think it is okay. um well i'm not gonna listen to it probably so. yeah uh, Liam Gallagher just had unlikely. a um, platinum album. Yeah. His first well, solo I, album. I did went see platinum. him. He played at uh, Cal Jam um, with Foo Fighters last summer when I saw them. I heard that was funny. It was pretty awful. That's great. Because he was just real fucked up and it was like four o'clock. That's what he does. <laughs> you know, I know. It was just impressively early for that. All right. So uh, I guess that ends Oasis. Yeah. Um, I guess we're going to just side with Pitchfork here for a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. Even though I'm not a little a big, bit harsh. I'm not yeah. a big fan of Pitchfork, so yeah. I wonder how their reviews of uh, Blur compare to Oasis. We gotta gotta figure that out. Yeah, let me see what what album should I look up? A Blur. I don't know. Park Life, maybe. <laughs> I don't think that's their biggest album. I'm gonna look up uh, their self titled. Let's see. Um, Pitchfork. I'm not seeing a review from Pitchfork. Son of a bitch. Okay, let's check Park Life. I bet we're not going to get anything. Because isn't Pitchfork American? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, Maybe that's why they didn't oh. like him. So. Nope. You know what they gave Park Life? Any guess? No. 9.5 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I yeah, think they I'm... really hate Oasis. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the side of Pitchfork shockingly i'm not a big fan of them i hate when people come at me 
and say, oh, yeah, well, this band's Pitchfork verified. And it's like, no, I don't care. That's great. Yeah. Cause good pitch, for you. Pitchfork is notoriously difficult, but yeah. that doesn't matter to me. All right. Who are we listening well, to? Well, um, we're going to break the format a little bit already and not do a full band's discography because yeah. they have, this man has a lot of albums, but they have a lot of songs that have been either bonus albums that are bonus tracks that are on the albums, but aren't on the main album or uh, just unreleased and they play them live only. This sounds like this is going to be difficult. No, because I'm going to, I'm going to put together a list of links to everything Okay. for you and everybody listening. Okay. Uh, all five of you or however many people are listening to this. <laughs> uh, but so I want to do the unreleased uh, songs for the national. Yeah. Cause I think personally, I think uh, a lot of those songs are good enough. They should have been on the album. So I think that's interesting to go about and see like what we think of all these different songs. I did not even know that was a thing. Um, they, they have 37 tracks that are either have only been released as demos, have been on soundtracks or unreleased entirely or we're on EPs, so... It's funny, I was gonna uh, say we should listen to The National as one of our I bands. was gonna do that, but then I looked at how many albums they have, and I didn't want to do that many again, so... Yeah, it's seven albums, and also... Even though I really like them. Yeah, but, and that's the thing, is we both know we like yeah. them, so I'd rather listen to these songs that I've never heard of. I didn't yeah, even know about this. Part, part of the only reason I found out was we went to that show in Dallas, where The National played, uh, just pretty recently, and there were two songs on there that they played that are not on any of the albums. And I was looking up what songs they had played to kind of see yeah, where the like split came from, from different albums. So, Oh God, I'm looking at their album sales, which they have up. It's depressing. What for just, all just how albums. they've sold. Yeah. yeah. The, their album that they released last year, sleep well beast, which was my favorite album of the year. It sold 56,000 copies. It also won a bunch of awards. So fifty six thousand. Yeah, that is nothing. Their biggest record sold. People two- don't buy music anymore. <laughs> yeah, so. people do not. Their biggest record sold two hundred ninety three thousand. Which album was that? High Violet. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, I well, could go on, but uh, yeah, next week we'll listen to the National. Yeah. So you can find links in the show notes for this episode. To yeah, all the songs that we'll be doing for the national, so you can listen ahead if that's a thing you want to do. Yeah, potato. I'm a rock and roll star. I can't hear Is that, shit. Uh, that the intro? No. Nah. Maybe. I'll edit it. <laughs>